This episode of the Knuckleball Podcast is not sponsored by Wawa. How would you guys describe Wawa? Anything you could ever want in a store, and it's always like a little dirty and uncomfortable, but it's like... That to me, she's clean, she's holy. <laughs> road trips begin and end with Wawa. I wouldn't even call it a convenience store because I will go out of my way. It's to not go to a convenience It is just, it's, it's like it's a home. Store. It's, yeah. <laughs> All of those stores combined, except the food is exactly what you want, plus the convenience store to the side, plus um, the gas. Say, ah! say it, say it again. The motherland. <laughs> Please note that as a non-sponsor, Wawa has not approved this message and has nothing whatsoever to do with its content. We thank Wawa for not sponsoring the Knuckleball Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Knuckleball Podcast. I'm Mike's wife, Shaney, and I'm your host. We're going to be releasing a new podcast on the first of every month, so if you like this episode, I hope you'll subscribe so you won't miss further episodes. Today's story is from 2013. Our son, Jack, expressed some interest in being a baseball journalist, so he wrote to every minor league baseball team within 100 miles and asked if he could come interview their top prospects. He got a lot of responses. So that summer, Mike took the boys to five different minor league teams. Jack would interview players, and Alex was the photographer. It was a wonderful experience for all of them, and Jack eventually wrote an article that got in the local paper. So this story is about a visit to the Blue Rocks in Wilmington, Delaware, I hope you like it. It was the Blue Rocks, Class A baseball in Wilmington, Delaware, and we had interviews lined up. This was our last one of the summer. At the front office, we were met by an intern named Ben. He talked baseball with Jack, asked Alex nicely to stop climbing on things, and finally took us down to the field. The players were coming in, and a black guy in mirrored sunglasses came right up to us. Guys, this is Justin Trapp, said Ben. Jack shook his hand, then Alex, then me, then Jack again, then Alex again. Should we get out of the sun, Justin said, and led us up into the concession area. He found a table with some folding chairs. I handed Jack the mini recorder and the sheet with his questions. Justin took off his glasses and hat. Alex began vulturing with his camera. I tried describing this interview to Shaney the next day. Part of it was that they were sitting down, so they were at eye level. That made a difference. Jack usually looks at the ground and his paper during the entire interview. This one, he looked right into Justin's face the whole time. He spoke clearly and nodded as he heard the answers. Justin gave real answers, too, especially when Jack asked him who his hero was. Either way, they really connected. Something about Jack seemed to hit Justin, I think. He seemed somehow invested in Jack and Jack's project. It was only 10 minutes tops, but it was something special. After that, Ben the intern got us our free tickets, woo-woo, and we headed into the stands right behind home plate. Jack took his bat and sharpies and hustled off to get autographs. Jack got a ton more signatures and was soon mentoring other kids, showing them where to stand and loaning them his sharpie. Some dugout worker even gave Jack a bag of sunflower seeds. Back at the seats, Alex and I ate a bag of Cracker Jacks as I watched the ritual and rhythm of the two hours before the game. 
The players went through their fielding warm-ups in the outfield. The season ticket holders, baseball mutants, came in and mingled, chatting with the ushers. The field crew raked and hosed down the base path, then painted on the baselines and the strike zones. It's like a Japanese rock garden. Peace. Jack returned and we got dinner. The boys got pizza and Dr. Peppers. I got a big beer and peanuts. The game was awful from the start. The Blue Rocks pitcher seemed to think it was still batting practice, and it didn't help that the first baseman made a series of exaggerated errors. Bad fielding plus bad pitching make for innings that last way longer than they should. This is going to be a long one, boys, I sighed. In the fourth inning, we went shopping. I told Jack he could get a souvenir from all these minor league games, and he got himself a nice Blue Rocks hat. Then Alex got... Alex, what the heck is that? I asked. It's Mr. Celery, he answered. Alex had found the weirdest stuffed animal I'd ever seen. It was literally a stalk of celery with eyes and hands and legs. Totally crazy. I'm definitely going to keep it in my carnivore basket, he declared. Your what? I asked. Oh, I keep my stuffed animals separated between herbivores and carnivores. Mr. Celery definitely has to stay with the carnivores. We went back to our seats, and somehow, almost imperceptibly, it became a good game. Justin Trapp got up to bat in the eighth inning. Jack stood in the aisle and pretended to be batting as well. Jack would watch the pitch come in and time his swing with the ball. Jack seemed oblivious to the crowd around him, but they sure weren't oblivious to him. Trap walked. The next guy singled, and then a huge double brought in two runs, and to celebrate, a giant stalk of celery rushed out onto the field. The Blue Rocks mascot is a moose, so I had no idea what the hell this celery guy was about, but the crowd just went crazy, and suddenly... Alex was bursting out of his seat, holding the stuffed Mr. Celery high in the air. The boy ran down the steps, across the main aisle, in front of the crowd, holding his stuffed celery like it was the Olympic torch. Everyone leapt to their feet and went utterly bullshit in response to Alex's victory lap. It was awesome. But alas, the Blue Rocks lost. The final score was 8-5, to five, and in spite of the deadly start, the game was still under three hours. It's late, I said to Alex. Where's your brother? Jack was back down by the dugout, leaning out to Justin Trapp. Justin was signing Jack's hat. Then I noticed Jack was holding a baseball. What's that, I asked. Justin Trapp gave it to me, he replied sheepishly. Look. Not only had Justin Trapp gotten Jack a ball, but he'd gotten every player on the team to sign it. Needless to say, Jack was beaming. Technically, I know a player now, Jack said. That's amazing, Jack, I told him. You guys, you guys ready to get out of here? I asked. No, they yelled. What do you mean? I asked. We want to watch the concert. We want to stay up late for this show. It's an Elvis impersonator, I responded. We love Elvis, they cried. We want to stay up late. But you don't even know who Elvis is, I stammered. It was dark by then, 
and we moved over to a spot on the bleachers where the remaining crowd was gathering to watch the show and then out rolled a John Deere tractor towing a stage with the giant letters E-L-V-I-S. And you know what happened from there. You could not have asked for a more perfect night. I had one of my boys on each side leaning against me. The skyline of Wilmington stood out over the outfield, and an Elvis impersonator was in the infield, shimmying and jiggling and singing his heart out. Minor League Baseball at its absolute picture-perfect best. So that's our first episode. Today's episode was written and read by Mike Knuckles. Voice talent includes Cami Shim, Julia Leonetti, Jeff Yaus, Jack Knuckles, Alex Knuckles, and me, Shaney Knuckles. Today's music came from Cotty Knuckles, and the song you're hearing now is Hello World by the Fizzy Bees, whose music is available with whatever streaming service you use. The episode was edited and produced by Mike Knuckles using Podcastle. If you liked it, please be sure to like it, share it, leave a nice comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Next month on the Knuckleball Podcast, meet the Mets. If you're like my husband and missing baseball, this is about Mike and the boys having a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's coming March 1st. Don't miss it.